Um, hey, we're beginning our new series entitled Citizenship. Our uh, cultural divisions were on display again this week. And the question that we are inviting um, all of us to ponder in this series is what forms your identity? Uh, what do you see yourself a part of? Um, the number of labels uh, that we use to identify ourselves is increasing. And identifying ourselves, that's not the problem. It's how we identify ourselves. As followers of Jesus, it is easy to lose our identity and forget that Jesus gives us our fundamental identity. And our primary citizenship is in heaven based in Christ. Our identity in Jesus is our eternal identity. And that citizenship, that identity, supersedes everything Else. And things like our race and politics and our social class, um, those things um, submit to everything that we believe about Jesus. And just to clarify, um, sometimes when you talk about divisions and unity, um, it's tempting to maybe wonder or think that maybe there's some division at TFRC that we're addressing. Um, there is no major division at TFRC. want to be clear about that. But what we are concerned about is that the divisions and hostility in our culture could potentially carry over into our community of faith. And that we do not want to have happen. Um, if you have your Bibles, please open to Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, Ephesians is found in the New Testament. It's a letter written by Paul to the believers in the ancient city of Ephesus. Uh, in the passage, uh, Paul's going to refer to two groups. The two groups he is referring to are Jews and Gentiles. At the time, there was a deep divide between these two groups. Jews saw Gentiles as pagans, and Gentiles saw Jews as backwards, and Jews saw themselves as the people of God and Gentiles as outsiders, and the Gentiles saw themselves as enlightened and viewed the Jews as this strange, you know, these strange religious fanatics. It's a classic, it was a classic us versus them kind of thinking, the same us and them thinking and language that we find ourselves using more and more. Um, Paul found himself in the middle of this divide because he was a Jew who used to regard Gentiles as outsiders, and then Jesus called him to become their biggest advocate for being a part of the faith in Jesus. Our scripture reader this morning is Anna Huff. Anna, if you can make your way up to the podium. As she does, I'm going to ask you please stand if you're able and face the center of the room. Uh, we stand because we believe this is the word of God. And we read from the center of the room to remind us that Scripture should be central in our lives. And so, Anna, whenever you are ready, please read from Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 14. For he himself, in our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law in which it commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one humanity out of the two of us, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, 
You no longer are foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on one foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by spirit. Anna, thank you very much. You may be seated. Now, I'm going to ask you to identify yourselves. I'm going to use some divisive labels. So let's try to stay mature about this and not take this too personally, okay? All right. Raise your hand if you are a dog person. Dog people, raise your hands. Okay, you don't have to woohoo, just raise your hands, it's fine. Okay, uh, you're excited, I appreciate that. Uh, cat people, if you're a cat person, raise your hand. Okay, uh, if you are both or neither a cat and dog person, raise your hand. Okay, you are moderates, that's okay, it's good, it's all right. Um, I'm a dog person, and since um, Shannon and I have been married, we've had four dogs. Uh, I have pictures of my four dogs. Um, you can go and put, yeah, there they are. Okay. Yeah, oh, that's what they look like when they're puppies, okay? Um, in the upper left was our first dog, uh, Scooby. Uh, Scooby is a, was a Husky Lab mix. Um, in the Cheesehead, if we raise our dogs right, just saying, uh, that is Kaylee. She is a golden retriever. Uh, we got her, uh, we inherited her after my mother-in-law passed away. That's where we got her. Um, Kaylee passed away in uh, 2013. And um, then we got another dog, Mocha. Mocha is the cute little puppy in the lower left. Uh, she's gotten bigger since then, I'm just saying. Uh, she's a German Shepherd Airedale Terrier mix. And then our dog, Scooby, uh, passed away back in July. And um, we, re we, got a, we have to have two dogs. And so we got Oliver, who thinks he's a lap dog. And um, he is a Black Lab Rhodesian Ridgeback mix. Okay, um, and so my whole family, we are dog people, and life for dogs at our house is pretty rough. Go ahead and show a picture, the next picture, please. <laughs> That's Mocha, the cute little puppy on the couch, just uh, saying. So yeah, life is rough for them. Um, you know, when I was back in the fourth and fifth grade, I had a mild video game addiction. And in the day, this was back in the day of video arcade games. You know, we had to go to an arcade to play them. Some of you may remember that. It was in the day of games like Asteroids and Donkey Kong and Pac-Man, Galaga, Centipede, Mario Brothers, those kinds of things. And on those games, they had high score screens where if you got a top five to 10 score, you could put your initials on that screen with your score, okay? The, it looks something like this. I believe this is from a Mario Brothers game. Yeah, there you go, okay? You could etch your initials in glory for all eternity or when they turn the game off at the end of the day, whichever came first. Um, and, but you only could use three letters to put in your initials. And just putting in your initials, that's boring. You know, we, we wanna get a little bit uh, creative. And so whenever I got on the high score screen, I would put in the word dog, D-O-G, for my initials. And then dog kind of became my nickname as a kid, okay? My good friend, he would put in the word cat, C-A-T, for his initials, and that kind of became his nickname. And then a bunch of our friends came up with three-letter animal identities for our high score glory. There was dog, cat, fly, ant, fox, 
There's actually quite a few animal names that only have three letters, just in case you're wondering. And then those became our nicknames in elementary school. I know it's lame, but I was in fourth grade. Give me a break, okay? Um, we began to campaign our classmates to like our particular video game high score animal name the best. And so my supporters were dog fans. And then my friend had cat fans, and there were fly fans, and ant fans, and fox fans. Elementary children dividing ourselves based upon high score, three letter animal names. And it was innocent fun, but it shows how much dividing is in our nature. In my adult lifetime, I have watched our dividing nature create more animosity in our culture. And it, in one sense, it is what it is, but when we identify ourselves using something other than Christ in the community of faith and divide ourselves based upon something outside of the faith and become hostile to one another over those things, that is unacceptable as a follower of Jesus. It's not okay. Jesus came and our hostility, in Jesus, our hostility comes to an end. In Jesus, our hostility comes to an end. If you go back to Ephesians 2, picking back up in verse 14, where it says, for he, Jesus himself, is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both to them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. Again, the two specific groups Paul is referring to are the Jews and Gentiles. There was a deep divide between these two groups. And Paul says, Jesus has destroyed the barrier the dividing wall of hostility. Now, in the time of Jesus and the early church, there was literally, between these two groups, a dividing wall of hostility. Um, in today, in Turkey, at the Istanbul Archaeology Museums, there is a tablet. And this tablet was discovered near the Jerusalem Temple Mount in the 1870s. And it dates back to the time of Christ. So, you know, the next time you're in Istanbul, you can go check it out. Um, the tablet was located on a wall on the Jerusalem Temple Mount. And there was something on the Temple Mount called the Gentile Court. It was a place the Gentiles were allowed to go. It was as close as the Gentiles um, could get to the Jewish Temple. The wall was meant to keep them from going past or out of the court closer to the temple. And the inscription on this tablet was a warning to the Gentiles. And what it basically says is there are no, gen no Gentiles beyond this point. Any Gentile caught beyond this point is responsible for their own death. That's the kind of dividing wall of hostility Jesus came to destroy. And Paul uses strong language here. He's not just saying, you know, Jesus looks at the dividing walls and says, well, that's not good. No, Jesus destroys the dividing walls. Jesus puts to death the hostility. There is no room for hostility in the community of faith. Now, that is not to say 
that we can't disagree with each other. Of course, we are going to disagree with one another. I am assuming that there is something about TFRC or someone at TFRC that you disagree with. That is okay. <laughs> um, we have a church board called the Consistory. It's made up of pastors, elders, and deacons. There are 16 of us in all. And one of the rules that we have when it comes to making decisions is never confuse dispute with dislike. Never confuse dispute with dislike. We can have disputes. We can have disagreements. We just can't make those disputes personal. And maybe someone has wronged you and you're angry at them. Okay, we need to take some steps towards reconciliation, but your anger is okay. We just cannot become hostile. It has happened to me more than once over the years here at TFRC where I'm in the octagon after church and I'm talking to someone about something. Um, and maybe it's about something in the church or maybe it's about something happening you know, in our country or in our state or in the world, whatever. Uh, and they are sharing their opinion with me about something. And so I will finish that conversation. I will turn around, walk to another part of the octagon, start another conversation with someone else, and that person will bring up the exact same subject and have the exact opposite point of view of the conversation I just got done with. We have disagreements here, okay? Never confuse, disagree with dislike. In Jesus, our hostility comes to an end. And in Jesus, our home is God's household. Our home is God's household. Going back to Ephesians 2, uh, going to verse 17, where it says, He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Jesus came to bring peace, peace to those who were far away and peace to those who were near, Gentiles and Jews. And when it comes to faith in Jesus, some people are far away from the faith They've never read the Bible. They've never been to church. Uh, they have different values from us. And everything about our faith is strange to them. Jesus came to bring peace to them. And some people are near to the faith. They grew up in the church. They know the Bible stories. They hold similar values. They just haven't placed their faith in Jesus yet. Jesus yet. Jesus came to bring peace to them. Through Jesus, everyone has access to the Father by one Spirit. And those of us who have come to the Father through Jesus, who have responded to the work of the Spirit in our lives, we are members of God's household. Now, every household, I would assume, this is true about your household, every household has certain values. Whether they are spoken values or unspoken values, there are certain things that are okay in your household and are not okay in your household. One of the values in the Swoboda household is that we do not tear one another down. There are plenty of people outside of our household who will try to tear us down. That's okay. It's life. But, and so if one of us in our household tears down another one of us in our household, that is not okay. And again, for Shannon and I, it's our household. It's our rules. And we are members of God's household, Paul says. And Jesus said, 
The world will know you are my disciples if you love one another. It's God's household. God makes the rules. Love one another. Sometimes we forget that this world is not our home. We get too attached (laughs) to things here. And sometimes we find ourselves getting more upset about things than maybe we should be. Um, Maybe an election doesn't go the way we want. You know, at some point in the past 20 years, if you voted, I'm going to assume at some point you've been disappointed in the turnout of a presidential election. Because it's hard for me to believe that any of us in this room have voted for the winner of the election every time in the last six elections. Really? Anyone here go Bush, Bush, Obama, Obama, Trump, Biden? Anyone do that? I don't think so, okay? We've all been disappointed in presidential elections. Maybe your football team loses, okay? Mine has a bye this week, so it really isn't a problem, all right? Um, And we get too attached to that. There are lots of things we attach ourselves to in this world, but this world is not our home. I've heard this following story many times. Um, I'm gonna assume many of you have heard it too. I don't even, I'm not even sure if this is a true story, but it's a great story, so I'm just gonna share it with you. It's a story of a retiring missionary couple that worked in Africa for 40 years. They were coming back to the United States and they were taking a boat to New York City. And on the same boat was President Teddy Roosevelt, who was returning from one of his big game hunting expeditions in Africa. And when they arrived in New York, um, to greet the president was a band and the mayor and other dignitaries and newspapers, you know, the whole gamut. But no one noticed the missionary couple And the husband became discouraged, thinking, I've given my whole life in God's service, and no one cares. The president comes back from a hunting expedition, and everybody cares. And his wife tried to comfort him. But in the moment, he was just beyond encouraging. And so he went, and he prayed, and he shared his bitterness to God about no one celebrating their return home after years of service as missionaries. And he stopped and he just listened and he heard God speak to him and say, but you're not home yet. A lot has happened in the past year that is discouraging to us. And we may find ourselves asking, what is happening to our world? And we need to remember, we're not home yet. And in Jesus, in Jesus is our highest honor. In Jesus is our highest honor. Going back one more time to Ephesians 2, picking up the passage in verse 20. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus, our chief cornerstone. And we live in a culture where the church is seen as a thing of the past. Where in our culture, the church just isn't that relevant. Seems to just kind of be fading away and maybe there are some in our culture who think the church needs to go away. In our culture, there are lots of things that are considered more important than the church. Now, to be sure, The church does have some work to do. There are wrongs that need to be confessed and repented from. There are practices that need to change. But quite honestly, this is nothing new. We are Twin Falls Reformed Church, 
Reformed means that we are always reforming, always improving our efforts in bringing the good news of Jesus to the world. But make no mistake, even though there are things that we need to improve upon, the church isn't going anywhere. 2,000 years ago, Jesus took a group of young disciples, trained them for three years, died and rose again, sent those disciples to the major cities of the day, Rome, Alexandria, Ephesus, and told them that the Spirit would use them to change the world. And in the power of the Spirit, they changed the world. And the world has never been the same to this day. That's the foundation we've been built upon. And for 2,000 years, the church has been challenged. Sometimes challenged from the outside. Sometimes challenged from the inside. And the church will morph and change as it always has. And the church tomorrow won't look like the church yesterday. But we will be here declaring the good news of Jesus. We are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Christ Jesus is our chief cornerstone. The church isn't going anywhere. Jesus is worthy of our highest honor. As it says in Colossians 1, the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authority, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Jesus, the image of the invisible God, firstborn over all creation, creator of all things, before all things, holds together all things, reconciles all things, made peace through his blood, firstborn from among the dead. In all of our disagreements that we may have with one another, Jesus holds all supremacy. And anything else that we love or honor or hold dear comes second. The things that we disagree about come second to Christ. And whatever we are currently using to form our identities, to determine who is on our side and who is not, if allegiance, if allegiance to Jesus isn't on the top of that list and supersedes the rest, well, we need to stop and repent. The next couple weeks, we are going to look at how other things form our identity, whether it's our race or our politics or our social class. And again, seeing ourselves through these lenses isn't bad, but Jesus doesn't want them to divide us as his followers because our ultimate identity is in him. Our eternal hope is only found in one name, Jesus Christ, the one who breaks down the barriers that divide us, puts to death our hostility, brings us into the household of God, and builds us into his community of faith, which will never end. To him alone 
be all the glory and honor. Please pray with me. And Lord, that is our prayer, that you would um, soften our hearts. And Lord, maybe the things that um, we give more importance than we should, Lord, that you would show us what those things are. But Lord, I would ask that your spirit would unite us in our common faith in you, in our Lord Jesus. And Lord, may everything we say and do ultimately be for your glory. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Receive God's blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And may the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.